This is the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, Episode 7. You're listening to the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, the number one resource for running a profitable home recording studio. Now your hosts, Brian Hood and Chris Graham. So welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you joined us. It's the day after Christmas, and I'm probably feeling a bit fatter than normal. I don't know about you. But I probably ate some regrettable things. I probably had too much sugar. I'm probably needing to loosen my belt a bit. But I'm talking about this in past tense, but this is future tense because right now it's not even Christmas yet at the time that I record this. But I know myself well enough to make those assumptions. Today's episode is about a piece of software that will make you more money if you use it. Now, that sounds scammy. That sounds like clickbait, BuzzFeed bullshit. But what I mean is true. If you are already doing this part-time or full-time, first of all, and you're already making money from this, second of all, then implementing this sort of software into your business will make you more money. I, I don't know of any other way to say that. It's, it's, this is not pumping it up, but it is true. This is something that Chris and I both use and Chris and I both cannot live without. And Chris and I would both make less money if we did not use. My assistant uses it for his studio. All of my students that I've taught use it in their studios. And it's because they understand how crucial this is for maintaining relationships, for staying top of mind, for making sure leads do not slip through the cracks, that you're not losing money. Honestly, and I pay for an expensive one, but even the free ones are just as effective. If you are not using this software in your business, you are losing money, period. So without belaboring this point, without pumping this magical software up anymore, Here is my conversation with Chris Graham. So welcome back to the Six Figure Home Studio podcast. Today's topic is one that was actually recently mentioned in the Six Figure Home Studio community, which if you're not a part of that, you should go check that out on Facebook and join it because it's a whole community full of like-minded individuals that are all striving towards the same goal of doing a profitable home recording studio. Sales pitch over for the uh, community there, but the topic is... Customer relationship management software. Now, what the hell is that? Why Why are we talking about that, Chris? It sounds so nerdy and advanced, but is it really? Well, you know, initially, if I had been listening to this episode like a year ago, uh, I would have heard that and been like, boring, next. <laughs> but um, thanks to you, sir, I use customer relationship management software now, and it's been life-changing. I'm kind of like an evangelist for CRMs. This uh, is true. You, you've heard the good word of the CRM and you've converted to the, to the religion that is the CRM. And now you're a, also an advocate or a disciple of the customer relationship management software, software religion, if you will. <laughs> Let's just talk about what level do you need to be at as a home studio owner before you need to consider a CRM? Because it's not going to be for everybody, but I still think that the bar is probably lower than you think. What do you think? Well, I would say... You know, the more customers or leads that you're dealing with in a month, the more valuable the software is. And, you know, just to sort of sum up what is customer relationship management software, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's software that helps you manage your relationship with leads and customers. And the big thing there that we're notorious for as a community of audio engineers is that we're not very personable, most of us anyways. And if if you guys are wondering if there's a new co-host today, no, I just have a cold and my voice is like 14 octaves lower than normal barbecue sauce. <laughs> so that's been fun. Um, <laughs> Anyways, customer management software um, basically helps you be a grown up. It says, hey, 
it's time to follow up with so-and-so or, Hey, you never heard back from such and such person about such and such project. And for me, you know, the most important thing for me as a business owner is my relationships with my customers. Am I available? Am I following up with them? Am I being friendly? And I'm a moron and I forget to follow up with people all the time. And customer relationship management software, once it's all set up and integrated is really helpful for me to let me know, Hey, you never heard back from Bob about the project you, you worked on for him. You should probably drop him an email or a call. Yeah. I, I, I tell people if you're giving out, so let's just say more than two quotes a month, like you're giving pricing, someone's asking pricing for a project from you and you're sending out more than two per month, or you're working on more than two project months in general, and you're trying to track and manage all the things associated with that. That is the point where it's probably time to implement a CRM. I think that's the point where most people uh, you're going to drop the ball at some point. And it doesn't sound like a lot. Two per month doesn't sound like a lot, but I really want people to start implementing this before it gets hectic because the longer you wait, the harder it's going to be to actually put this into place for your business. So two per month and you're able to add them into the system. It's a separate piece of software that basically lives outside of your inbox. Some of them live inside of Gmail if you are into that sort of thing, but most of them are separated from that. And that way you're only tracking emails that are dedicated to specific projects that you're working on. And that way it separates itself from all the other crap that's in your inbox. So Chris, which CRM do you use and why do you use it? Well, when I, let me, let me answer that in a roundabout way. When I first started hearing that like, Hey, grownups who run businesses have CRM software. I was like, okay, uh, I guess I should get some of that. So I started looking around and I tried a bunch and I couldn't figure out what to even do with it. Um, and it wasn't really until I made friends with you and you were like, Hey, here's, I use close.io, um, that I was like, Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. And so I am a, an avid close.io fan. Um, and I think, you know, to clarify even more, if any of you are still thinking, well, I still don't get what is close. What is CRM? What's it do? It's like an email program but it's like an email program and an assistant. It's sort of like you have R2D2 or some robot there that's like, hey, Chris, you did this project. You should probably follow up with him because it's been seven days and you never heard anything back. That sort of thing. Like, so it reminds you when you need to email or contact people. And it's amazing. Yeah, I will say that I was, when I was looking at my numbers over the last year, about $20,000 worth of my work that I've gotten has come from follow-up six or more. Meaning that at some point I've had, I mean, for a project, for projects that I've won for $20,000 worth of work, I've had to follow up with that artist or that client at least six times or more in order to win that job. And that is because you never know where they are in their, in their life. Some people have a day job. Some people, the band may broke up, may break up, or they may have lost a member or just life gets in the way. Something happens to where you all of a sudden, uh, as a, as an artist, you may have reached out for a quote or to, to work with me at some point in your life when you weren't really ready to book. And that's okay. But if you happen, if, if, if I would have fallen off the map and failed to follow up that five or six or seven or eight or even nine or 10 or 11 or 12 times over the course of up to 12 months, that's how long it's taken me to close a, a deal in the past through the CRM. I couldn't do that without a CRM and I would have lost that work. So to me, it is an absolute no brainer to implement something like this into your business because you are not physically capable of following up that consistently over that period of time without software assistance. Like there's no way you could keep track of all of this in your head. Unless you are way, way, way smarter than I am. Uh, there's no way I could do it. So I think an interesting thing, Brian, would be um, let's sort of, <laughs> this is going to sound weird. Let's role play 
what CRM is. You, I'm thinking about hiring you for mixing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a potential customer. Um, so let's say I go to your website and I fill out a quote form and I send it to you and you send me back a quote. Yep. And I don't even reply to your email. Yeah. So this is, uh, so I am the, I am me in this scenario. You are potential client in this role playing yes. scenario. We didn't plan for this, but this is, I like, I like where this is going. So in this scenario, I'm going to send out the quote, as you said, and what's going to happen is depending on, and my quote form is what I call a high friction form, meaning I ask for a lot of information on it. So I have a lot of details about the project that some people may not get. So I know when, what the data is they're looking to record. I know what their budget is. And so depending on what their potential, their ideal data is for the project, my follow-up is going to be determined by that date. So if it's like, if they're wanting to do something within a month, my follow-up is going to be very quick when it comes to replying again or sending a follow-up. But if it's like three mm. months in advance, I'll wait about a week. That's about the longest I wait. So between two days and one week, when someone asks for a quote and I send it, I send a follow-up a week later and it says, hey, just making sure that you got my proposal. I send proposals now instead of quotes. Hey, just making sure you got my proposal. Uh, is there any questions you had? And it's just something super light and, and fluffy, nothing super intense like, hey, why didn't you reply to me? So that's follow-up one. Yeah, and then... Let me let me role let me let me role play my reaction because this has been my experience with with a serum as well. Oh my gosh, Brian! Thank you so much for following up with us. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, wow, what a real grown up! Yeah. He remembered to follow up with me, and this guy is on the ball. If if he is if he cares enough to follow up, I can at least probably assume he's not like a typical flaky audio engineer who you know, available one day, gone the next. So I'm impressed with the follow-up. So I say, thanks, Brian. We'll let you know. Yeah, so, yeah, thanks, Brian. We'll let you know. Uh, And that is when I set a reminder in a certain amount of time based on that reply. So a lot of times I'll ask, you know, when are you looking to, to, to book this? I want a specific time or time frame to looking to book this. And I'll put a reminder at that time frame, even if it's a month out, two months out, six months out, if they're not ready to book now, I want to know when they're ready to book. And if they don't tell me a date, I can pretty much guesstimate when they're going to be ready to book. And I can have myself sitting in the inbox when that time comes. And for those of you that are like, okay, you sit this band six follow-ups or 10 follow-ups or 12 follow-ups. Let's, let's pause real quick okay. and wrap your mind around that. Oh, yeah. For most of us, and for me up until recently, somebody would reach out to me for a project and I'd say, hey, sweet, what's up? What's up? Da, 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 da. And then I, the ball was in their court. Yep. I waited for them to reach out to me. Brian is saying, I will follow up with a potential customer six times. Yeah. And that sounds like- Think about that. It sounds like overkill. And you may be like, I don't want to bother these people. But I have literally in my life never one time been reprimanded by a potential client or, or even uh, anyone that I've followed up with that much, I've never been, uh, had a negative response for that. I have gotten exactly what Chris said. And that is, oh my God, thank you so much for staying on top of this. Because here's the thing, when they reach out to you for a price or to, to ask a question about the recording process or to work with you in some way, they want to book time. They want to record. They want to record their music, may or may not be with you, but they want to record. And so by keeping on top of them, you are helping them along their journey of accomplishing their goal. Mm. And a lot of times they need a little nudge on their own. If, if you've ever tried to do a big project, which is recording or any kind of big project, having someone that's just kind of hitting your inbox every now and again, kind of like reminding you that, oh, sh- I need to get that done. There are a lot of steps to put into place. Are a lot of things that need to get done before they can, they can even get into the studio, before they can even give you their money. And every single time you send them a little re- reminder, even if they don't reply to that reminder, they may, uh, it may spur them to get one more of those little steps done before they can actually book with you. And then whenever you happen to land in their inbox, when they're ready to book, 
you better believe they're going to be willing to book with you because you help them along the way and you're the only one still talking to them at the end of the day. Yeah. So I think a good example, we, we could a story we could tell here is let's say me and Brian both own recording studios in uh, Denver, Colorado. There's a band in Denver who wants to record. The band reaches out to both of us to inquire about booking time in the studio. I give them a quote and I never email them back ever again. I'm waiting for them to come after me and put them in the driver's seat. That was my business for like the first six years of existence. I left so much money on the table by doing that exact thing. Well, yeah. And I think my point here is if Brian has followed up with them six times, because here's the interplay, you're going to follow up with them a third time. and They're going to say, oh, I'm so sorry. Our guitarist, uh, such and such, or our drummer, such and such. They're going to have some life thing that came up. If Brian continues to follow up, who's going to get the sale? My studio in Denver or Brian's studio? Me, hands down, every single time. Every single time. And here's the real rub there. You need to ask yourself, what question is in the mind of someone looking to book recording time? They want to know two things. One, or three things. One, are you good at it? Two, can I afford it? And three, is this person dependable? Can I trust them? And I I really cannot underscore question number three enough creatives, music people, myself included, we are notorious for being flaky, undependable, and, you know, having like, like total ADD, you know, I'm talking about this thing, squirrel. I'm talking about this other thing. I'm, I'm working on a project squirrel and I get totally distracted <laughs> and I move on to the next thing. And as a result, um, we are notorious in our industry for not getting our projects done at all or for getting them done late or for getting them done way over budget. You know, this isn't the norm in most other industries, most under, you know, growing healthy industries. So when Brian follows up six times, he's saying, I'm the grown up in the room. And that's a great way to win a sale. Yep. I tell people about, on average, about 60% of the quotes that I send out will be denied or turned down no matter what. doesn't matter what I say or do, they will not work with me. It's almost always an issue of price. That is okay. About 10% will say yes, no matter what. They want to work with me and they'll do whatever they can to do to work with me. And the remaining, what is that, 20% or so of those people left in that number? 60, yeah, some, some 30, 20, 30% of those people that are remaining are the ones that are on the edge, the ones that are teetering on the fence and that are not quite sure, is he dependable? Can we really afford it? Are we ready to book? You know, they, they are the people that could just fall off the map and, and fail to go with anybody. And those are the people that by keeping consistent follow-up like this, keeping these processes and systems in place that allow you to stay on top of these projects, that is what's going to ultimately make or break that 20 to 30% of the people that, that fill out my quote request form on my website. Totally. So this episode's kind of turned into more of the follow-up conversation, but what are the other benefits of having a CRM? Because it's not just about keeping on top of follow-ups. There's a lot more that goes into a good CRM. Yeah. Well, for me, you know, I use Close.io. I use their, their highest tier. It is expensive, um, but it integrates a phone number with my email software. So essentially, if somebody calls me, um, I answer that phone call in Close.io on my computer over my mastering speakers, which is real nice. Nice. And, uh, and from there, uh, I can see all their information. So the phone rings, it says, hey, it's a call from Brian Hood. And all Brian's emails come up to me and all my information about Brian comes up. So if they filled out a form at one point 
on my website and, and said, oh, I use Pro Tools or, um, you know, here's my phone number or uh, I live in Hawaii, all that stuff comes up automatically. So my phone rings and I'm immediately like, hey, what's up, Brian? Yep. How's your, um, how's your Shih Tzu doggy? Yeah, so you can put notes for each client. So I could say that anyone who's ever ordered anything from sweetwater.com, you probably have a guy. Yep. You probably have a guy that calls you. It's probably the same guy. I've had the same guy, Dave Willent, for the last nine years of my existence as a studio owner. Jason Coons for me. There you go. He's called me every single time I've ever ordered anything from that site. And you can guarantee his CRM is full of all sorts of notes of conversations we've talked about, things that I've expressed interest in, even my travels, even things that I've done, like when I'm traveling to Europe or, or Thailand, he's put all of those notes that we've talked about in his CRM and he'll bring them up from time to time as conversation points. Or he just at least has record of all our past conversations because you better bet he has hundreds, if not thousands of clients that he has on his plate. And he's not going to remember every single detail about every single person that he talks to. He has it all in his CRM. That is his brain when it comes to keeping track of these conversations. And that is the power of a C- That's one of the powers of the CRM. Yeah. Well, that's a great point. You know, if you guys are trying to imagine what does it look like to run a business with a CRM software, um, Sweetwater.com. Yeah. Uh, for any of you guys that have ever done business with Sweetwater, and if you're trying to run a profitable home studio, you probably have bought at least one thing from Sweetwater because they're pretty great. If you're in the uh, U.S. Most, I don't know if people outside of the U.S. do Sweetwater. That's a good point. But here in the U.S., Sweetwater by far has the best customer service. Absolutely. And Jason, all the time, he'll call me about once a quarter, even if I haven't talked to him in forever. Jason's my rep. Um, or if I bought something, he'll follow up and ask me what I thought. Did, did you like the converter that you just bought or something like that? He's, he's incredible. But a lot of that is because Jason uses CRM. I'd be super curious to hear what um, Sweetwater uses as a CRM. Yeah. But I mean, they're the best example. Which one you pick is really irrelevant. There's so many to choose from. Yeah. Uh, one that I recommend, actually we'll do recommendations at the end, but let's talk about some of the other benefits of having a CRM. And one of those is we were talking about tracking certain metrics. One of the things you were talking about was talking on the phone. You actually track the amount of time, your average minutes on the phone, what, per month? Yeah. So for me, one of the beautiful things about having a CRM is I strive to be relational with my customers. Um, Mastering engineers are really notorious for being condescending and unreceptive and just general jerks. And ultimately, the, the, the projects are smaller with mastering engineers than someone, you know, when you have a big five ten thousand $10,000 project with, in the studio. Mastering engineers are generally, you know, maybe 10 times less than that. Yeah. And so it's a numbers game for a lot of mastering engineers out there and they treat their customers that exact way where it's like, you're just a number to me. Give me your project. I'm going to do this. I don't want to talk to you. I don't have time to spend time with you. And that's, that's unfortunately the reputation that a lot of mastering engineers have created for that position. And Chris obviously does not do that. Yeah. So I try to pick up the phone and more than that, I try to call people. So for me, my favorite, this sounds so corny and like I'm patting myself on the back here. I apologize if it does. Uh, but I genuinely believe my favorite part of my business is getting to meet people. It's having a phone call with somebody, you know, on the other side of the globe or the other side of the country and getting to know them and, and learning a little bit more about their project. And the CRM really helps me with that because it helps me know when I need to follow up. If it's been too long and I should have heard back from them about the masters already. And most of the time, you know, I'll follow up after I do a project if I didn't hear back or if, if I generated a lead or did a mastering sample for them. And most of the time, if they didn't follow up with me or didn't reply or whatever, it says, oh my gosh, thank you so much for following up. Um, we love your work, da 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 Occasionally, 
very rarely, um, but occasionally I'll get someone that says, ah, we didn't really like it. And that's a great opportunity for me to ask, oh my gosh, why? What didn't you like about what I did? And the big thing there that's, you know, uh, that's been very interesting is occasionally I'll get a client, it's pretty rare, but occasionally I'll get a client that's like, oh, I, I didn't like how your master sounded. I'm like, oh, really? Tell me about that. What, what did you listen to them in? I'm like, oh, I just listened on an iPhone speaker. <laughs> like, oh, well, I'm sure glad I, that I followed up with you because we need to talk about that. Like you can't evaluate whether the mastering is good on your iPhone speaker. So there's an opportunity if there's something that, that's fallen between the cracks or a customer needs, you know, their handheld a little bit. Um, a lot of times people just won't say anything. If they didn't like you or they didn't like your work, and it could even be for an irrational reason like that. They only checked their, your mixes or your masters or whatever on an iPhone speaker. Um, that follow-up, if there is a weird situation where they didn't want to call you because they didn't want to have that awkward, uh, I didn't really like what you did, um, where it makes that more of a natural conversation as opposed to I'm going to, you know, the customer's going to drum up all this, like I'm going to shoot them uh, an email and, and tell them I'm unsatisfied with, with them as a person yeah. <laughs> and unsatisfied with their work. That's intense. Yeah, having hard conversations, having like intense conversations through email, never, ever, ever a bad idea. Having them on, in person on the phone, so much easier. Uh, and that goes not just for business, but for personal relationships as well. Just a little pro tip there. Well, let, let me clarify um, what you said was a little bit confusing, but it's a bad idea to have a tense conversation over email. Yeah. You can apply that as a law. If your customer is agitated, pick up the freaking phone, dude. Yep. Don't write them a terse email. If they send you a terse email, call them. It's so much easier. We talked about this in the past episode. One bad client, one client that, that is mad at you or dislikes you or hates you, they will undo the work of 10 or even 100 clients that are your advocates. Yep. So it's great to go ahead and, 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 and squash that beef as quickly as possible. So let's move on to... Uh, we're talking about you're talking about tracking average uh, minutes on the phone per month. That's what oh, we yeah we call well we call that a key performance indicator, a key uh, a, a metric that you track that is indicative of uh, how well you're doing as a business. And he can probably directly associate uh, revenue to minutes on the phone because that is a key indicator of his closing rate. And that is one thing that I, I want to get across is tracking metrics through conventional methods of just doing it manually by like every time you close a deal or every time someone pays you money, you track it in a spreadsheet. That's very, very hard to keep up and, and stay accurate. But doing a, doing on the CRM, super easy. Yeah. And I, I would clarify for those of you that just heard the word metrics and said, well, what the heck is that? Metrics are numbers you can use to measure the health of your business. Yeah. So one of those for me is, have I been on the phone? What I tend to do is in a really busy season of life, um, or a really busy season of business, I stop calling people. I start, I, I get overwhelmed and I stop picking up the phone and that I, every single time that happens, my revenues go down hundred percent. So for me, one of the things that's nice about the CRM with a phone integration like close.io has, and many of them do have a phone integration is I can at a glance see, Hey, how many phone calls have you made in the past week? How many minutes have you been on the phone? And if it's like zero, I can be rest assured that I'm not, I'm probably not going to close that many sales. So the, the CRM, again, it helps me be an adult. And I think, you know, when you're continuing to, to I'm sure many of you are like, I still don't get it. What's a CRM? A CRM helps you run your business like a real grown up. So true. And that means following up with people, doing what you said you'll do by when you say you'll do it. 
It's so important. The issue is CRMs are a bit of work. It's not easy to do. One of the guys in the in the six figure home studio community was saying, you know, I signed up for HubSpot, which is HubSpot for those of you uh, who don't know. HubSpot is a free CRM. It's one that is a good alternative to to the one that Chris and I use. We use Close.io. That's the URL, and HubSpot is a great alternative. The issue is it takes a lot of work to figure out what you need, what you don't need. It's very customizable, which is probably a downfall for it is is there's too much you can do with it, which is probably above and beyond what you need, but it takes a lot of work. And if you're not willing to watch videos, to watch tutorial videos, to watch videos on YouTube, to watch webinars of their training, there's a lot that goes into learning how to use it, how to properly implement it. If you're not willing to do that, you know, you may not be ready to be an adult in the business world yet. <laughs> so what are some of the other features you use with the CRM that you think is important in your business? Well, one of the things the CRM does that normal email doesn't do is, you know, if you're in Gmail or OSX mail and you read an email, it's now marked as red. And I, I don't know how many of you would agree with me, but I can't tell you the number of times I've accidentally, quote unquote, read an email and then I've never seen it as a result. Or uh, I read an email and forgot to mark it as unread so that I would take care of it later. A CRM is so helpful because you mark it as done mm-hmm. or pending or, you know, that's different in every CRM. Well, it also only keeps the emails related to the project in your CRM's inbox. And that way it's not tainted with all the other mailing list stuff or notifications for software you use or random emails from your mom that somehow hit your business address. Mm. It doesn't get intermingled in there. It's only stuff related to that project. And that way, yet you only are dealing with that in your CRM inbox. And then you can also mark it as done. That way you're always at inbox zero. So much easier to keep your CRM at inbox zero than it is your actual business email address, or at least in my opinion. Yeah. But uh, one of the other things is that I think is, is super crucial is when you're sending out, we, we, going back to the follow-up conversation we had, which I didn't, I forgot to talk about this. When you're sending follow-ups to bands, my CRM tracks when they've opened the email. So you know if they've gotten the email or not because it shows if they've opened it. So that way you can kind of tweak the, the follow-up based on if they've opened it or not. If they've genuinely not even seen your email, somehow it's hit spam folder and you're following up and it's not being opened or some are being opened and some aren't or some have been opened five times. You can see that in, in the CRM that we use. And it's super, super beneficial to understand, you know, is this a dead lead? Because if I send them five or six emails in a row and they never reply to any of them, I may call that a dead lead. You know, the, the bands that I've followed up with six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 times, it's not like I do that all in a row. It's kind of like um, I'll send two or three emails, they'll reply once, may, maybe wait a month because they're on hold. I'll send two or three more emails, they finally reply. You know, it's, it's, you know, two or three at a time, and then they reply. I know I never send more than five or six with no reply, especially if they're opening those emails. So that is really, really, really nice little feature uh, that you don't think you need until you actually have it. I find that helpful when you have a client, um, when you have a problem client. So right now we've, we have a guy that's been in the system for about a month. Uh, he booked a single song mastering project and then uploaded 11 songs through his project. So I keep emailing him saying, Hey, what's, uh, what's going on here? Uh, what do you want me to do with these other things? And it's helpful to be able to see, is he even opening these emails? So yeah, it it can be very helpful. Interesting. Yeah. So allowing the communication to, if it's, are they just ignoring you? Is he trying to get one by you? Or is he just genuinely somehow messed up or hit the wrong amount of songs on your, on your order form? So to kind of bring things to an end here, I would say if you are in the position where you're ready to kind of become an adult 
in the, the business world. You've got maybe a, a handful of clients you worked with, you're a part-time studio and you want to try to ramp things up and maybe you're letting things drop through the cracks. I would say the next steps you could take to implement a CRM into your life would be to just go to YouTube and look up videos on overviews or best practices for uh, a CRM like HubSpot. Uh, I, me and Chris both love close.io and you can look into that if you're willing to drop at least 60 bucks a month. Or 160 in my case. Or 160. Yeah. Well, mine, I use the 60 a month version because I don't have the phone integration, but if you want the phone integration and the bulk email integration that Chris has is 160 a month. If you're not willing to drop that kind of money and, and, and it's not a cost, it's an investment. That's the way you have to look at it. It is an, an investment and there is a return on that investment. There's a massive return on that investment in Chris's case. And even my case, like I mentioned, the, the 20,000 over the last year for follow-up six or more, I could have done that without close. But if you're on the cheap, you're part-time, you don't want to drop 60 bucks a month, even if that is an investment, it is a steep investment for where you are right now. Go check out HubSpot. They have a free CRM. It's free for life. It's not like some, you know, free to try and then they get you at some point. It's free. All the features are free with it. It, it, From what I can tell, I haven't used it myself, but it looks awesome. I would say go, go to YouTube, search in a few, do a little bit, do a bit of Googling, right? Look up some guides on how to implement a CRM, get a good overview of how to implement a CRM and then start using it. Uh, on the, the next project because we're coming up uh, about the time this episode comes out we're we're getting up on the end of the year now you're coming up on a fresh new year when I started close.io it was January 2015 I believe might have been 14 but it was the beginning of the year mm. and for me that was easy because the beginning of the year fresh fresh year fresh things you're, you're not getting all I me mean, it's a lot of work to get your past data in there but it's not a lot of work if you just start from scratch and just say from this month on everything's in the CRM and that's that if that's the way you approach things, uh, I think starting the research mode now and then getting it implemented at the beginning of the year is a good way to do it. For sure. So some of the CRMs, close that I own in particular, because it's the one I have the most experience with, I tried like five or six of them and finally settled on close, um, which was annoying because that's what you told me to do from the start. Yep. But a lot of the CRMs, when you sync it, let's say you have a Gmail account um, or you're using you know, the Google app. So you know, I'm chris at chrisgrandmastering.com but it's actually gmail it's owned yeah. by google yeah same here for me yeah when i signed up for um close i i you know click the integrate with with gmail and all of my emails got imported to close.io and here's the crazy thing i was able to say well how many mastering samples have i done for people in the past month that i didn't hear back from them Ooh. boom all of a sudden i could see all those people sorted right there in front of me it took me like five minutes and it was unbelievable. That is one of the best features of Close is something called Smart Views. You can filter all of your contacts by any criteria that you could possibly come up with. And I use it for several different things. Chris uses it for his own set of things. I believe HubSpot has some of those things, like has their own version of what they call Smart yeah, they Views. Do. Uh, but the issue that I've heard from HubSpot is that it doesn't import all your past emails. It's like basically from this point on, and close is a two-way sync, meaning that any email you've ever exchanged, like someone that I'm talking to now, if they've ever sent me an email in the past, even before I implemented close, it shows up in our history, in our timeline. And that is awesome for understanding, you know, have they ever reached out to me? What was the project about? Did they end up booking with me or not? You know, that's got, that kind of stuff is really good to know in, in past history, especially if they were a bit of a dick and you may not want to work with them again. And <laughs> yeah. knowing those past emails, if you've, you've exchanged, even if it was five years ago, you have it all there. Yeah, I have uh, I have three people in my system that are marked as so. I have a blacklist. I have a blacklist tag. And yeah. if they get blacklisted, I don't work with them again. And that saved me a few times from taking on projects that I just forgot that it was 
a nightmare project and the blacklist tag saved my ass on those situations. Mm. Well, I think you brought something up that was important that I think we should have brought up sooner and that was timeline view. So one of the things that stinks about email is you open an email and it's just, you might have the whole thread in front of you depending on how your your email is set up, but you don't know anything about that customer that you that you aren't remembering from your own brain at that point. It's true. What's amazing about a CRM and, uh, you know, Close does this, I think they all do this to some degree, is when I open up a lead, a lead is the customer themselves. In my case, you could say it's the band. The band is the lead. Yeah, the band is the lead. And then with, within the lead, you can have multiple points of contact. Yeah, you so you have can have the vocalist, the drummer, the guitarist, the 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 uh, lab, label A&R if they're label. Yeah. They could be the producer if you're, if you're a mixing engineer or a mastering engineer. You could have the guy that's actually uh, doing all the tracking and editing in there if you need to grab files from him. And that's all in your timeline under that one band. Every single email from every single person is in that timeline of history in chronological order, including any notes you've added. Yeah. So take a minute and think about that. Let's say you're working with a band. There's three band members. They're all weighing in on revisions or, or whatever. There's also a manager who's weighing in an awful lot, but not providing much value to the conversation. <laughs> and and let's right. say there's, there's some other people uh, in there as well. And before, in a normal email application, you're, you're looking through all these different emails and you're trying to figure out you know, which person is related with, with which band and what they're actually talking about. In a CRM, you get an email, you open it up, and every single email related to that band is organized in a timeline. Mm. All the way down is the earliest, all the way up is the, is the most recent. And you've got every phone call logged that you received or sent, and every email, and, and close that IO, I, I, it even is texting. So I've even got SMS messages text messages logged in their timeline and I can at a glance get the whole story. That's awesome. Now this is, this is a huge deal uh, because it's so much easier to work this way than it is with, with just normal email. I cannot imagine going back to normal email. I couldn't do it. Yeah. This is, this is where the industry has changed. Like you cannot be, you know, a home studio that's going to prosper these days without taking advantage of the software and the advancements in the business world that the other guys are taking advantage of. Because I promise you, if you do not implement one in your life, there are other people in your area, your competitors eventually will catch on to this and it will make their lives infinitely easy. And you will be on that struggle bus, dropping the ball time and time and time and time again, while your competitor or the guy down the road will be on this uh, CRM train, just loving their life and they will never look back. Meanwhile, you'll be struggling if you do not jump on this. Yeah. Email's hard. CRM makes it a whole lot easier. And it, it lets you deal with it like an adult. So CRM. Yeah. Be an adult. So by now, I hope that you fully grasp how important this software is in your business and why you are losing money if you are not using one. Because your competitors are probably going to be using one in the future if they're not already. And if they're not, then you can have an advantage by taking advantage of a CRM. So if you want some show notes on this episode, just go to the sixfigurehomestudio.com slash seven, the number seven, that's just one digit, seven. And there you can find resources and links for all the stuff we talked about today. But in next week's episode, which is coming out the day after New Year's, January 2nd, we will be discussing a framework in which you can look at your business and yourself as a human being and determine where your biggest struggle is and therefore 
determine where you can best spend your time and effort and sometimes even money improving those areas. So if you're currently struggling with any aspect of your home studio business, this next episode could be a game changer for you. So do not miss next week's episode. I think it may be one of the best ones we've done so far. Chris may agree with me on that. I don't know, but I think it is. So until next time, hope you have a good New Year's and stay safe and happy hustling. Whoa.